0: This is the most interesting part of this article. Hong Kong Securities and Futures Commission released a rule book for the crypto industry last year stating that retail investors can start trading
1: crypto from June 1st. What? Bankless Nation, it is the first Friday of June. What time is it, David? Oh, uh, Ryan, it's the Bankless Friday weekly
0: roll-up where we cover
1: the entire weekly news and
0: crypto, which is always an ambitious endeavor. There is so much to cover this week, which is why I'm talking so fast. I'm also, it's the morning time for me now for the first time in two months. So I'm Welcome extra back. caffeinated. Welcome I back got my to the coffee. East Coast. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Well, it's great to empty, have you. actually.
1: It's good to see that background again, David. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I missed it. We're seeing kind of a, you know, a different background for the last mm-hmm. week. I missed those bricks. Yeah, the no, the, the brick and the lighting and the good camera it's all back. Everything. Do you know back. it's it's June and mm-hmm. um last year 16 days from now, 3 Arrows Capital went bust. It's when we first oh, found out really?
0: about it. Oh, really? Oh. This is 3 Arrows Capital month. Last this month is was a terra, round. terra month and this yep. month is 3 Hours Capital month. Man. Yep. Man, it, time flies, right? When you're having yeah. fun. Yeah. Are we having fun? Little did we know, we still had FTX ahead of us at this point. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But actually, okay, well, that means that it's been roughly one year since Ether bottomed. It's been one year since the Ether bottom, in that case. That's
1: true. Yeah. About one year since the Ether bottomed. We're going to talk about that then. Also, a few topics of the week. Did China just do a 180 on crypto? Yeah. Did you you read about this? I just started to, and I want to get your take on it, but I Uh feel like no one is talking about it, and Uh we're going to talk about it. Uh, What else (laughs) we got to cover? We got this Celsius end game. So if you are a Celsius creditor or you're interested about the state of
0: Celsius creditors, hi, Ryan, uh, <laughs> you're going to find out exactly how much money you're going to get. And if you are over $5,000 of a Celsius creditor, you're going to get something else. <laughs> I'm prepared to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely hold your breath on that one. Uh, WorldCoin raising $110 million, 115 uh, divides the crypto industry, continues to be polarizing. And then also the
1: secret to winning the bear market. We got to take from Kobe at the end here. All right, uh, before we get in, David, we've got a special word from our friends and sponsors. Do you want to add some more excitement to your life? (laughs) Your staking life, that Mm -hmm. is. (laughs) You can add excitement to the staking routine of ETH using the asymmetrics protocol. What is this thing, David? So for those that are
0: familiar with pool together, asymmetrics is like pool together, but for ETH staking. Uh, And so you stake your ether, and then instead of giving a just boring four point five five percent you get anywhere between zero. And (laughs) 1,000%. It it could be anyone. Probably going to be 0. Might be 1,000%. And so this is what we call a prize linked savings account. Uh, And so all of the yield gets pulled up, and then one lucky winner gets everyone's yield, and everyone else gets 0 uh zero percent yield uh and so if you would like to add a little excitement to your eth staking asymmetrics is for you uh banklist.cc slash asymmetrics uh you also can follow them on twitter asymmetrics underscore eth on twitter look
1: at this look at this almost seven eth that you could just right. get right daily, on the daily right now mm-hmm. that's the current reward pool uh kind of fun right yeah uh-huh. so only 234 users are competing for that seven
0: eth huh. um So like this actually, so I believe there's also like an extra little uh, incentive. uh, So you actually technically get more yield uh, if you like net everything out with asymmetrics. Um, You just have to be ready to get 0% for a while. Or maybe a (laughs) 1,000.
1: You you don't know until you You try. (laughs) Yeah, you can try your luck here. Okay, let's get to the markets though. Um, Bitcoin price, what are we at on
0: the week? Uh, call it a flat week, up half a percent on the week. Started at 26,700, ending at 26,900. All right. How about yeah. Ether? Uh, actually, up 2.5%. So Ether is up on the week. Started at 1820. Uh, we are up to
1: 1865. And the ratio, Ether-Bitcoin. Oh, we, Bitcoin. Actually, we
0: actually got pretty high up on Ether uh, this Why last we? week. Oh, yeah, Should we, we talk we, about that? Yeah, What's t- the spike?
1: What's this green candle here? Yeah. Uh, this, I, I
0: think that was when the... Um, uh, the debt ceiling got raised. Uh, uh, so the 29th. We, Yeah, so <laughs> coupled to trad markets. Um, but still, a uh, slowly positive optimistic trajectory lately on Ether, 2.5%. Uh, uh, Ether BTC ratio looking really good if you are directionally long Ether, uh, like I am, uh, at 0.
1: 0.0692. So wow, happy happy ratio. That's you a know, pretty big ratio a, gain in r- the month the of May. The ratio is
0: up only in May, yeah.
1: Wow! Yeah. Like I'm, I'm zooming out on the. By the way, on the Kraken Pro charts, which lets you do this, uh, very nice. I can see the ratio yeah. over time. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay, so we're back around the the April, yeah, yeah, yeah. like mid April. But but you're yeah. right. After a, a dip, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, at the end of April, where we've been up up only in may for the ratio. Up so uh, go go eth. Total um,
0: crypto market cap 1.17 trillion dollars pretty flat, pretty David, flat. David, give us some stablecoin
1: numbers too. Uh, um, down,
0: Ryan. <laughs> down stable stablecoin numbers. Okay, so 12 month change in stablecoin supply, uh, it's bad. 162 billion down to 126 billion. Uh year to date change since
1: 2023, That's The total billion. amount of uh stable coins Mm -hmm. that have been issued so it's like kind of market cap of stable coins which which is a great usage metric for stable Mm -hmm. coins
0: yeah so the 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 stable coin supply in crypto is our liquidity uh so it's it's a very base nice it's it's important to see where stable coins are going seeing them go down is bad because that means there is less liquidity in the system interestingly though tether is at a all-time high uh, so tether the twelve month uh, the year to date of tether uh, started at seventy billion dollars is currently at eighty three billion dollars surpassing its all time high. Uh, twelve months ago it was at eighty three billion dollars. Then Three Rose Capital got liquidated. It started to trend downwards. But now tether has resumed all time high. So uh, for a while USDC was looking real good against tether, gaining a lot of market share. Um, lately, ever since uh, a year ago, and especially after um, the banking
1: crisis, USDC's had some some headwinds and tether has gotten some tailwinds look at this chart so i have a take on this you know last bear market stablecoin supply actually grew a bunch so, so look at this much. this is just this is my tether. god that is gargantuan yeah 2019 versus 2021 in fact it grew primarily 20, okay during so looking the bear at 2020
0: market. we were at like five billion dollars of tether supply yeah 2020 fast forward to 2022 uh touching 85 billion right that so is that's some been growth up.
1: But you know what's interesting is um, why this decrease. One explanation for this is uh, T-bills, treasuries, are actually right. the best yield yeah. farm out there right now. And that is outside of um, DeFi. Right. It, it, in the last bear market, with interest rates, Fed interest rates at 0% or close to 0%, very low, let's just say, DeFi uh, interest r- offer right. the best yeah. yield on your dollar is no longer the case although um here's a take maker is trying mm-hmm. uh the maker dow is mulling a proposal to boost the Dai savings rate to 3.3 percent when's Remind the last you?
0: time you heard the Dai savings rate it's <sighs> probably been probably
1: 2020. Mm-hmm. i haven't even thought about it since 2020. um i used and- to consider
0: the die savings rate as like the binary star system between ETH, the eth stake rate and the die savings rate this is when Dai was like the only meaningfully uh like decentralized stablecoin on Ethereum. Um, uh, and then it's been at zero for a very long time, or at one yep. percent as of recently. But this is this is uh, three point three percent is not small. That's a decent chunk of MakerDAO uh, revenue going into the die
1: savings rate. Uh, yeah, Implies that will not increase small. the supply of die in the market. That's that that's the aim. And by the way, making them more competitive with basically T with treasuries mm-hmm. out there, mm-hmm. which are about five percent, something like this. So mm-hmm. uh, crypto creeping up there. It's a nice equilibrium. Let's talk about ETH staking though uh what is this chart from hill Dobby? yeah this is crazy okay
0: 17.4 percent of all staked ether was deposited last month in the month of may wow that is significant 17.4 percent of the appals- total stakes happening in including the deposit queue which is a one-way queue into the beacon chain that's crazy yes i yes. mean this is um much more than i thought yes yeah the same in the same way this this kind of feels like at post eip 1559 it was burn, it ended up burning way more ether than people thought yeah same things happening with stakings like man people are staking way more than we thought that they would
1: A- anytime you say um eth burn rate you know i gotta open up ultrasound money just it's
0: been uh, at least oh, two at weeks since we've opened up ultrasound money we'll oh, do for man it. look at this look at yeah, this, down this only. Is beautiful down, down only
1: oh, God. supply we ne- are negative negative
0: uh, two hundred and seventy five thousand ether since the merge damn there you win go. 1 million win 1 million uh tell me about the ethereum yeah. validator queue though it's uh, an interesting story speaking of all-time highs the wait to be on the beacon chain for a validator is at all-time high 38 days so if you deposit 32 ether you gotta wait 38 days the world's most
1: popular gay. club <laughs> you can't
0: get in you gotta wait 38 days everyone uh, wants to get in the exit time is uh
1: zero minutes zero You're, minutes you are free, you are free to leave anytime <laughs> <End> <laughs> Uh, it was happy hour in there. So, yeah. you know, everyone's uh-huh. trying to get in uh, total MEV distributed to validators Here's an interesting stat on its own um, 200k ETH Distributed mm-hmm. to validators of MEV. What does this tell us? Uh, so MEV uh,
0: This also includes tips So in just anything above base fee is what we're looking at. So 200,000 ether was distributed to ether stakers Cumulatively total since um, proof of stake has launched so ether stakers have received have so spenders have been sent 200,000 Ether to savers. This is why Ether is great savings technology. And this is a meme (laughs) I am just ripping from the hands of Bitcoiners who say (laughs) BTC is great savings technology. Staked Ether is the best savings technology of all time. And what what we're seeing here is we're seeing spenders, short people with short time preferences, giving their time preference to
1: people with long-term time preferences, the ETH stakers. See, d- guys, what you don't know about David is he is actually a hardcore Bitcoiner. Yeah. He just substitutes the word Bitcoin for Ether, yes. and it's the and it, same it, exact and it, thing.
0: Except it works way better. <laughs> Dude, Bitcoiners have always been right, except they just chose the wrong thing. <laughs>
1: All right, um, for the bankless maximalists out there though, of which both you and I consider ourselves, we Uh want maximally bankless things. This was a great headline and story coming out of Decrypt this week. Ethereum and Bitcoin balances on exchange edge towards a five-year low, what? Wow. So take a look at this. Wow. Uh, The amount for ether anyway, um, there's now 18 million ETH ether on exchanges. That represents 15%. Did you know though, in the summer of 2020, it was 30%. Nice. So we have about half of the amount of ETH on exchanges in custodial systems than we did in 2020, three years ago. I love this that. This is great. This means more people are going bankless. More Mm -hmm. people are taking custody of their private keys and getting it off of custodial solutions. Very, very bullish on this metric.
0: So we, we should ask, why why is this happening? What What's going on here? Why are so many people going bankless? Uh, so, I mean, the first, uh, this this trend definitely started with post FTX. Uh, so like everyone who's been on a, a centralized exchange has been like, you know, I'm going to try out that self-custody thing. So even there's been outflows of free ETH from even all the good exchanges like Coinbase and Kraken, right? So that's going into people's self-custody, however they want to do that. Um, there's also regulatory fears. And so uh, if the the choke point is like, you know what, I am I don't want to get choked out I'm gonna do the self-custody thing first. Uh and then also there's the beacon chain, which is sucking up all the ether which requires self-custody. Kind of mostly most of the time. Some of the time. Uh, and so and interestingly enough, hardware wallet sales are also up only as well. Mm. Uh, and so there's just all of this demand. And also at the same time versus 2020, DeFi as like a utility is way better than it's ever been. Like the utility of being bankless is up. Uh, So
1: as the industry has developed, the reasons to self-custody has also increased. Another one of the most bullish things going on that no one's talking about because it's a bear market and we don't like good news, except we do on bankless. (laughs) I'm always down for some good news. Uh, Cyrus Unessi had Mm -hmm. a really good take, I think, Mm -hmm. on the current state of the NFT market. Why don't you give us the TLDR?
0: The NFT market is garbage and going to zero and retail hates JPEGs and crypto Twitter hates all coins with pictures. <laughs> he's, he's, he's being hyperbolic here. Uh, here. And then he follows up and says, uh, here are a few reasons why I haven't dumped my NFTs because of this. First, I still like my JPEGs more than I liked, ever liked true altcoins. The art is worth more to me than looking at XRP or IOTA balance on a block explorer. Uh, he's just picking out like shitcoins, coins basically, uh, picking on them. Uh, the market caps of these NFTs are extremely tiny now. A one ETH floor translates to a $20 million market cap. That depends of course on the supply of the NFT, but generally speaking, um, uh, the 10,000 PFP uh, is like kind of the standard. Even at the depths of the 2019 bear market, giant scams still maintained higher market caps than this. $20 million market cap is insanely small. NFTs are structurally under in because people don't understand them yet. Blue chips like punks and apes are sitting at a $1 billion market cap. Which $1 billion coins have more staying power and brain value and utility and fundamentals than punks? I'll wait. Memes are still extremely popular. People have quit buying them, but they can't quit talking about them. There's something about JPEGs that gnaws at you. They don't disappear the way Nia, Neo, IOTA, and AVAX did. Can it really go down another 90% from here? Don't answer that. <laughs> I'm fairly certain someone will come <laughs> along and buy this stuff soon. Why? Because mixing gambling and art is a new cultural phenomenon. I think it's this. I think it's a great series, like line, line of, of of thought. Like I think, don't don't overthink NFTs. They were the a big bubble, and they were this first big bubble. And like
1: just like let's be like stupid simple he just saying basically nfts are better meme coins than meme coins yes that's exactly right yeah there you uh-huh. go that's what it is and they're, and they're
0: gonna pump again for the same reason they pumped in the first time and i think like low like illiquid low cap nfts are like a great place to place your bets in
1: this uh, i think one one thing i see cyrus is saying though is the blue chip ones in particular those are the ones that are kind sure. of like surviving right and there's definitely going to be some up and comers mm-hmm. but definitely there's going to be the vast majority of NFTs are going to go mm-hmm. to zero or close to
0: zero, right? Yes, yeah. I think the, the the game is to pick your bets, pick your place your chips as to which ones you think are are underpriced, low low priced, but still being like
1: circulating around on crypto twitter you're betting on culture aren't you yeah you just make these cultural bets cough
0: mfers <laughs>
1: <laughs> stop shilling your bag sir i i don't even know i i might own an mfer. yes yeah, i do you have, you Did have one yeah you yeah. have one you convinced yeah. me to buy one yeah. uh-huh. god only knows what that um that's priced at right now i'm sure what, it's about close one to zero. About one ETH. Yeah. all right
0: yeah yeah. see it's not at zero it's so like no if it's no, already no that's at not too zero, bad.
1: yeah that's about what i bought it for i think something mm-hmm. like this uh all right dave we've got some stuff coming up What do we have coming up?
0: Coming up next, we're going to talk about China's potential 180 on crypto, which might be the most bullish news I've ever heard ever, and no one's talking about it. Are people not talking about it for good reason or not? We don't really know. Uh, The Celsius deal gets inked. So what you need to know, especially as a Celsius creditor, and then also, is this the darkest winter cryptos ever had, we discussed. But first, I'm going to talk about these fantastic sponsors that make the show possible, especially Kraken, our preferred exchange for 2023. If you have not tried out Kraken or all of the beautiful charts that we talk about every single weekly roll-up, go try it out. from Stater. ETHX is a liquid staking token designed to maximize rewards, all while securing Ethereum. With Stater, you can run an Ethereum node with just four ETH, an 85% lower capital requirement versus the 32 ETH required for solo staking. With Stater's four ETH nodes, you can get a 35% average higher yield since you charge fees to those who use your node to stake their ETH. By running a node with Stater, the ETHX staking derivative token can get minted on your validators and can flow into the world of DeFi, which Stater is actively building integrations and partnerships into to increase the utility of ETHX. Stater allows for both permissioned and permissionless nodes to join the network, maximizing its potential scalability for ETHX while preserving the values of decentralization and openness behind its liquid staking token. Go to staterlabs.com ETH and sign up to get access to the stater staking protocol.
1: Is China warming up to crypto? That is the question right now. Here's a headline. Beijing releases white paper for Web3 innovation and development. This is coming straight from Beijing, a a Web3 innovation and development white paper. We're not seeing these kinds of white papers being written by the the White House these days. Tell us what's going on. So this white paper,
0: which I'm trying to figure out the significance of the Beijing Municipal Science and Technology Commission, which released this white paper. Um, I'm not a China expert at all. Uh, So I have no idea how how this institution scales in the world of, like, authorities in China. Anyways, the document states that Web3 technology is an inevitable trend for future Internet industry development. Uh, The commission aims to construct Beijing as a global innovation hub for the digital economy. Uh, To Hmm. that end, Beijing's Chaoyang district will spend at least 100 million yuan, 14 million dollars, every single year until 2025 not that much money but still it's uh, more than zero uh this got on cz's radar who gave a take interesting timing on this web3 white paper he says not sure of the authenticity lots of talks about nfts vr ai metaverse etc looks like byte dance jd and baidu each have their sections gavin wood and beeple were mentioned web3 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 Beeple all over was the mentioned place. yeah gavin right? wood yeah look someone so here... actually printed this out too it's mm-hmm. an actual printout of the white paper in paper yeah. form imagine <laughs> that uh, and so, this is the most interesting part of this article, this white paper. To me, Hong Kong Securities and Futures Commission released a rule book for the crypto industry last year, stating that retail investors can start trading crypto from June 1st. What? Okay, first, wait, wait, hon- re- can Hong you Kong. that? Hong, Hong Kong. This is, this is Hong Kong, not China, which okay. is an important difference. Okay. Although... Valence, strong valence. Is it
1: an important difference? Yes, I. Yes, Yes. no. It it almost seems like the experimental zone for the rest of China, the financial experimental zone. But but go on. This Uh. is the Securities and Futures Commission. So is that like the equivalent of the if the SE? SEC and CFTC combined, that's what In, this would be for? Inside of Hong
0: Kong, yeah. Okay, uh-huh. go
1: ahead. Stated that
0: retail investors can start trading crypto from June 1. So first off, congrats for, to Hong Kong for getting rules. Really <laughs> happy for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, if, if, it was, if this was mainland China, this would be massive. Uh, Hong mm-hmm. Kong's a great f- uh, pigeonhole, great foothold, great mm-hmm. uh, beachhead for the rest of China, but retail investors can start trading crypto. Wow, I, well, that's just fantastic this is great
1: this is uh there was also a um segment i guess on mm-hmm. uh tv in china mm-hmm. so from the china central television um cz called the chinese community buzzing mm-hmm. after bitcoin was seen on tv in a segment and of course this is um pretty uh tightly controlled state yes. media so right. very intentional mm-hmm. to choose to show bitcoin or not and this is a. Uh, Buy Bitcoin, withdraw cash, redeem. Yeah. Um, I don't know again what all of this means, David. It's it's difficult to parse, but yes. it's, there seems to be a a warming to crypto. Um, we in China. We that's, that's... in the West
0: are still trying to figure this out okay, because yes. we don't we don't know how big of a deal this agency is. Um, this segment that you're talking about is actually taken down, so it's taken down retro, ah, retrospectively. Okay. Well, that's not um, great. So others have said Wu Blockchain his, his tweets. Uh, this is an unimportant government department in Beijing, uh, and it is just exa- deliberately exaggerating emotions. Uh, it focuses on the AI and Metaverse, while the Chinese government is nothing supportive of of crypto. Uh, so some people are saying. It's a nothing burger. Uh, I am in a couple chats asking some Chinese friends and other people's opinions about like, yo, what's the deal here? How, like, how legit is this? And there is contention. No one, no one can come to consensus on this.
1: Oh, really? It's mm-hmm. some people are saying, hey, it's a big deal. Others are saying yeah. it's not a big deal at all. Yeah. Uh huh. That's kind of the question. I, yeah. g- I guess maybe that's the the, the measured take. Mm-hmm. But um, China really, I, I think, is has been an enigma on crypto. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So very difficult to um. To discern, but right. I guess one take on this is I think whenever you see, you know, so China and the US, of course, are economic rivals, rivals in many different ways. It seems like increasingly if um, China, if, if the US goes hard on like banning crypto, negative on crypto, I, I think China will right. in turn support crypto. Right. Like if the US zigs, China's going to zag. Take, take like, their, their, their back and forth. the other opposite end of the yeah. Uh-huh. Right, which is probably long-term bullish. Good for crypto. Yeah. <laughs> Now, on the back of this, even in Hong Kong, I don't see, (laughs) like, a whole bunch of crypto projects being like, all right, cool, Hong Kong, we're moving to Hong Kong, let's do it, right? Right? And so, until I see that um, sort of skin in the game and stake, I think the market will be pretty undecided as to whether china is actually warming to crypto or whether this is just a mm-hmm. yeah, flash in the pan and the, the thing is right. i feel like china has changed its mind on crypto so that's many the different thing times, so like if they... china came
0: in and said we are so bullish on crypto like we're mm-hmm. gonna allow everyone to do anything and that would be really <laughs> bullish for a moment and then they could completely change their mind as they have already done t- five times over uh, the next year and so like even if we got the most bullish news possible out of china like
1: no one would be like okay but are you serious though because like, right. we don't really know so, mixed review on this news, mixed but review. probably more positive than than certainly negative, yes. right? It, it, trending in the right direction. Worst case, yeah. it's a nothing burger, but there could yeah. be something here. Uh, yeah. Tell me about it's the not, end game. It, That is correct. That It is not bearish. <laughs> <laughs> if there's anything we know, it is not bearish. <laughs> there we go. Uh, tell me about the end game for Celsius, though, David. You promised. Am I, promise, I going to get yeah. any, <laughs> okay, any so are, out of this account? Are, are you ready for this headline, Ryan? Uh, I don't know. I'll brace myself.
0: Fahrenheit wins bid to acquire assets of insolving <laughs> Wait, crypto lenders Celsius. Are AIs writing these uh, no, Coindesk articles
1: now? Crypto
0: consortium Fahrenheit has won a bid to acquire the insolvent lender Celsius network whose assets were previously valued at around $2 billion. Oh, okay. Quartos. I
1: thought they got this wrong. I thought they no. uh,
0: converted Celsius to Fahrenheit. No. But
1: Fahrenheit is the is winner a, of is the a bid.
0: A crypto consortium called Fahrenheit has <laughs> okay. purchased Celsius. Yeah, well, so my f- Freedom coindesk. Units <laughs> taking, the, taking the victory here. Uh, okay, okay, so the, the group will acquire Celsius' institutional loan portfolio, staked cryptocurrencies, mining unit, and additional alternative investments. Um, so the plan proposes that all of Celsius' assets except liquid cryptocurrencies will be transferred to a newly formed company, Nuco. Uh, and so here, here's, the, here's the deal. Here's the deal you ready for on here yeah what, here's I'm ready what you're gonna get do i get anything if your celsius bag is more than five thousand dollars you will get a small distribution and become a shareholder in this new company which is going to have um some private equity uh, some mining assets etc um, it's a little bit
1: more it's a little bit more than 5k that's what i get huh
0: oh yes yeah, yes perhaps uh, Okay. and so uh, what, what does Celsius currently have to give uh, all these new shareholders of this new company? Mm-hmm. Um, so they have some DeFi crypto assets. Uh, they have some. They have loan book, loan book portfolio, uh, PE and VC investments, uh, liquid cryptocurrency, about five hundred million dollars, and also mining assets because Celsius wanted to buy Bitcoin miners because they thought that was a good thing to do with the money. <laughs> Uh, so this new pr- this new plan proposes that all of these, except the liquid crypto assets, will go into newly formed company, NUCO. 100% of the equity in this new company will go to the creditors that are owed more than $5,000 pro rata. Those owed less than $5,000 will get 70 cents on the dollar so that's the on key. their claims and no are, equity.
1: If you are a Celsius holder, it's a totally different deal if you have 5,000 or less. If you have yes. less or less than 5,000, I should say, mm-hmm. then you just get 70%. Right. So you get a thirty percent haircut. And you get seventy percent and no equity. If uh-huh. you have more than five thousand dollars, you get this new co-equity. Which- you know, so if
0: they're, if they're depending on how they're marking this, like five thousand. dollars Say you have ether in, in Celsius, and yeah. Celsius goes insolvent, that ether was priced higher. Yeah. So like 70% on your dollar for a force hold of ether oh, for that amount of time? I didn't might actually think about play, that. Like play out. If
1: it's marked to market at the if time. If it's marked to market, which yeah. I, if think in I don't know
0: how is. they're mar- I don't know how they're doing that.
1: Yeah, huh. I don't, know, yeah, I don't that. know that that detail. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good question. 70% on the dollar for the claims and no mm-hmm. equity. Yeah, it depends on what the value of ether was at the time, certainly. Yeah. Okay, so um, if you
0: are a creditor above five thousand dollars, you should not expect to see much returns after you get all the du- deductions. So you you get the distribution of the liquid crypto assets that is left after they pay out the sub five thousand people. Any share of the monies that uh, Celsius gets from suing Mashinsky, so that's fun. Uh, and then you also get the share of this new company equity. You are Mashinsky not getting Mashinsky has no money.
1: Come on, you're Dude,
0: not going to he... get anything. No, he cashed out a lot of money. Oh, really? He cashed out hundreds of millions. Him and his oh, wife. Okay. Yeah, okay. A- along with all the other executives. Uh, Let's executors. get that back. Yes. Yeah. Big clawbacks. All right. Big clawbacks. All right. uh, I mean, I don't know how much that's going to translate into equity. Then Reventive I'll take equity, some of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So there are new managers and investors also that need to be paid. So 35 million dollars per year salary to be paid to the management team of this new company. So
1: who are these guys? That's my big well, question. It's the Far- as it's an Fahrenheit equity team.
0: The Fahrenheit team. They will be, be who will be putting 50 million dollars of their own money to buy the shares of this new company, uh, their equity is subjected to a two-year lockup that they can sell up to 30% of their equity after one year if Celsius equity trades at 150% of nat- net asset value. Uh, after one year, the Fahrenheit team has the option to dump on you if Celsius equity tokens increase in value. Uh, so oh they can the Fahrenheit can sell in one year if uh, the value of this new equity token
1: goes up by 50 What are they going to do? What's their business? Are they going to take in I mean, it's more... It's like
0: private equity, right? They're just going to take it, reshuffle it, try and rebuild it. Um I don't know. what do you the rebuild? same thing was going on with FTX 2.0 right now it's like they're also trying to restart that exchange
1: Yeah I I'm not I'm not bullish on this equity um I'd rather get 70% of my money back right now I rather mean, than have this bro, I think you had more than $5000 in Celsius Yeah yeah I mean not yeah. much more but like yeah yeah So I'm not I don't love this I but I don't know the new managers um uh, Schmaltz, hey, well, that... is going to be. Manager. <laughs> I mean, if they're anything like the old managers, like, right. come on, okay. oh, right. this doesn't help. Well, hey, if
0: you if you have enough money to buy a company like this to make a bid in this state in the market, you got to yeah. be doing something not terrible.
1: But that that's hopeful. Fahrenheit. All right, so we're Fahrenheit. Freedom outside units. of the. Yeah. Units. is that what they're called? Freedom units. yeah fahrenheit yeah oh my god you're you're making a joke about the fahrenheit system rather than the metric system all right exactly i thought that was the token they're called like freedom units it wouldn't surprise me all right david well let's move on from celsius i'm going to leave that in the in the distant past here um i want to talk about where we are today in the crypto market right now and this is a question for the ogs is this crypto winter darker than the last? Um, what inspired this question for me was, uh, I saw this tweet from Icebergie mm-hmm. uh, who said, every chat I'm in is super depressed about the current state of crypto. I don't know what chats this individual is in. Uh, they look like kind of a, a dev angel investor focused on crypto NFTs and Bitcoin. So probably yeah. a crypto trader type, but yeah, definitely follows type. price as closely as, as, yeah. as we do. So that kind of begged the question to me, is this crypto winter darker than the last one? And I put out a question to the OGs. I got a bunch of fantastic responses. Maybe I'll I'll read a couple, and then I'll um I'll get your way in. So uh, Dan Mcardle says no, not at all. In two thousand eleven. By the way, Dan's been through about all of these. Um, in two thousand eleven. 94% he's talking about. I think he's talking about Bitcoin price primarily, yeah, so not right. full crypto market cap. So 2011 was 94%. It was easy to fear. It was done for decades. Crypto was done for decades. 2015, we got a negative 87%. That was the bear market there. 2019, negative 84%. That was the last one, but digital gold had caught on. The beginnings of DeFi were apparent. 2023, we're only down 78%. Centralized stuff failed. Oh well, every other bear market was worse. So Dan's take was every other bear market was worse, and he brought some data points objectively, rather than <laughs> 2011 negative 94 percent, 2019 negative 84 percent. Bitcoin at least is only negative 8 percent. So that's a take. Uh, Brantley.eth says, "Not even close. Crypto is an order of magnitude bigger, more developed, better funded now, and has a far lower chance of total failure at this point." DC investor says, "No, because we are not dealing with existential crisis, but we got big enough this time where mainstream questions the value prop." like the natives last time. A lot of responses to this. Mm-hmm. I, from what I could tell, most of the OGs, here's here's Anthony Sasano says, not even close. Last bear market, people were questioning if crypto would even survive. This bear market, there's more genuine, uh, actual long-term focus building going on than I've ever seen before. Most of the OGs are, are saying, no, it's not worse. Uh, do you concur? What's your
0: take on this question? I think there's two sides of this conversation. I think almost by definition, OGs who have seen two bull markets, so that's that's you, that's me, that's Cezana, that's a number of these people here. By definition, like it's not as bad for them because A, one, they've done it before and B, they bought in at like 10x lower prices to begin with. So for them specifically, it's not as bad because they're just in a little bit more of a cushy position. I think the first, everyone's first bear market. Uh, feels the same. Stresses them out in unique and different and unique ways. And, yeah. it, and that is always going to be the same. Everyone's first mm. bear market, they are going to, their conviction is going to be tested. Uh, last bear market, we had certain challenges that we do not have this time. And this bear market, we have new challenges that we did not have last time. Last time Ethereum funding was about to go to zero and we were about to like have to pause development to figure that out, right? We were literally, and we legitimately had no use cases on the app layer. Like why Why Ethereum inspired me in 2017 to 2018? I can't remember. It was just like the vision. <laughs> I, I <laughs> the guess hope. I was around, yeah, the hope for that it could be something. Um, Reed did not have the re- regulatory oversight and uh, like Gary Gensler and Chokepoint 2.0. So that is the new challenge. And that is what these current, um, people who are going through this bear market are questioning themselves about, not about like what's the utility, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and so yes, every single bear market is, is the stress from every single bear market for every single new cycler is always valid and, and unique. And I would also agree that yes, these challenges are uh, different and perhaps easier, but they are still extremely like tough challenges.
1: So I'm, I'm a little bit on, on both sides. What's kind of interesting is um, this is sort of almost a bear market defined by a negative regulatory reaction, negative nation state reaction to crypto. And that just means we're there. Like we're at the end of the level. This is round one of the boss fight, right? And like, we're fighting the final boss. This won't be the only battle. I think the final boss will take multiple forms, but like that's how far we've actually come. And if you had told me in 2019, that the 2023 bear market um, would go down to just less than a trillion dollars. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, bear market? Wait, what? <laughs> but yeah, but that's because that's you're, that's just because of when
0: you got in though. It's yes. just like the, the, where your disposition as a result of the place that you started in the crypto industry.
1: I'm just, I guess what I'm saying is objectively, at $1 trillion, right. we got some punch. There's something here in crypto, Uh and that means something. But I totally acknowledge that everyone's bear market probably feels just about the same. So if this is your first time, it probably feels like the first time comparably to an OG. But that's why I do think OGs can kind of take the perspective a little bit. They Mm -hmm. have a valuable perspective in that they can say objectively, rather than my own feelings, uh, objectively, is this a harder bear market than, than previous? and um they're saying anyway it's uh it's not worse than the last one
0: the threat of crypto not coming back is completely gone in my mind and that is the big difference david what do we have coming up next coming up next blend blur's new NFT lending platform is putting in numbers We got the WorldCoin race to talk about USCC natively on Arbitrum. we got some uh, MoonPay executives pocketing $150 million before shuttering the company. Oof, and so much more to talk about, but first a moment to talk about these fantastic sponsors, especially MetaMask and MetaMask Learn, to learn about all of the crazy crypto jargon that Ryan and I sometimes use without explaining ourselves. Uh, So if we do that, sorry, but also MetaMask Learn has a product to learn all about that. So let's go hear from them right now. Learning about crypto is hard, until now. Introducing MetaMask Learn, an open educational Platform about crypto, Web3, self-custody, wallet management, and all the other topics needed to onboard people into this crazy world of crypto. MetaMask Learn is an interactive platform with each lesson offering a simulation for the task at hand, giving you actual practical experience for navigating Web3. The purpose of MetaMask Learn is to teach people the basics of self-custody and wallet security in a safe environment. And while MetaMask Learn always takes the time to define Web3 specific vocabulary, it is still a jargon-free experience for the crypto crypto curious user friendly not scary metamask learn is available in 10 languages with more to be added soon and it's meant to cater to a global web3 audience so are you tired of having to explain crypto concepts to your friends go to learn.metamask.io and add metamask learn to your guides to get onboarded into the world of web3 mantle is a brand new high-performance ethereum layer 2 network built differently from the other layer twos you may be familiar with mantle is a modular layer 2 built on the op stack but uses Eigenlayer's data availability solution instead of the expensive ethereum layer 1 not only does this reduce mantle's gas fees by 80 percent compared to other layer twos but it also reduces gas fee volatility mantle has a decentralized sequencer set eliminating the risk of downtime and censorship on the network and because mantle implements multi-party computation nodes, layer one settlement execution is shortened from seven days to as low as just one or two. Mantle is the first layer two built by a DAO and is backed by one of the biggest DAO treasuries in the world, BitDAO. Mantle already has sub-communities from around Web3 onboarded to help the growth of Mantle, like Game7 for Web3 gaming or EduDAO for the world of Desai and Bybit for TVL, liquidity, and on-ramps. Check out Mantle at mantle.xyz and follow them on Twitter at 0xmantle. Blend, Blur's NFT lending platform has put in some absolute numbers, loan volumes of $308 million in the past 22 days. Why 22? Because it launched 22 days ago. So in addition to the NFT trading platform that we all know is Blur, uh, their Blend platform is doing something like 20 to 30% of the total platform's revenue. Um, so Azuki's. Uh, amassed 70,000 Ether in loan volume, coming from 6,500 loans, uh, coming in at number one in the preferred NFT borrowing uh, collection on Blend. CryptoPunks coming in at 35,000 ETH in loan volume. Miladies is coming in at 22,500. Uh, so we all knew that NFT Phi was a thing, but uh, Blend from Blur has just like dropped an
1: absolute cannonball in the world of NFT finance. This has just exploded. So 82% of the NFT lending market. Can you just mm-hmm. explain what is an NFT? NFT loan, David?
0: Yeah, so you put up your NFT as collateral, and then you loan some money. You take it that. to the pawn shop, basically. Yep, yep. yep. Take and, it to the pawn and, shop. And you, pay you, and you pay you back your, your Ether, your USDC, I'm assuming this is all Ether, uh, and then you get your NFT back, or you don't, and you get liquidated, and somebody buys your NFT as a,
1: it's like a put on the NFT. Wow, um, so this is could cause some tears if NFTs uh, yes. go up again and and somebody, you know, ponded off and sold the bottom uh, effectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very interesting, though. It's good to see NFT Phi taking off. Tell me about the Coinbase wallet, David.
0: Yeah, so Coinbase wallet has introduced gas-free USDC transactions uh, on Polygon. Uh, so you can send USDC on Polygon using the Coinbase wallet for free. Coinbase will cover your gas fees. I was wondering what the mechanism behind this. And so this is actually using EIP 3009, which is account in the account abstraction um, category. So it's using this EIP 3009 transfer with authorization. Uh, It's a meta transaction, which is again, part of the whole account abstraction thing. Uh, And so Coinbase just relays the transaction, pays the Matic gas fee, and you get free USCC transfers on Polygon. I think like this is a cool marginal improvement for a narrow use case, which is USEC in Coinbase Mm -hmm. wallet on Polygon. But I think why this is a big deal is that it extrapolates very, very well. Uh, As soon as EIP um, uh, 4844 comes, dank sharding and gas fees on layer twos come, there's going to be a fight for consumers, for wallet users, for transactors on chain. And it's going to come to like, I bet you, most transactions on chain from retail users end up being free because someone's going to subsidize that because that is a competitive advantage. They I'm, should be I'm free. I'm predicting uh, this with this information. I'm, I'm a loosely held prediction. You, most transactions from retail end users are just going to be free on layer twos. Or free, or
1: they might get paid. They might get paid. That's a different story. Point.
0: That's a different story.
1: Well, this is really interesting because this is a key uh, element of UX. Imagine the, mm-hmm. the crypto experience right now. Imagine if in you were to transfer money uh, from somebody in Venmo, you actually mm-hmm. had to have like PayPal stock, a portion of right. PayPal stock to pay right. that fee to transfer. Like mm-hmm. that's bad UX. And so yep. this is working on that problem here. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, uh, USDC is now natively on Arbitrum yep. as a, well. Actually, not yet. Sorry, you got to wait seven days. June 8th, it cool. will be natively on Arbitrum. So it's good news for layer twos as well. Um, David, what is going on here? MoonPay executives pocketed $150 million raised from Series A. Of course, this is the account. Uh, Web3 is going just great from our oh, friend Molly that's White. Molly's account. Yeah, of Gosh. course it would be her. <laughs> hey, Molly, how you doing? What's up, Molly? Um, okay, so what is the story here? What dastardly deed just went on in Web3 again? MoonPay
0: Insiders CEO Ivan Soto Wright uh, and along with others uh, sold $150 million of their own equity in their Series A raise in two, 2021. So they uh, Moonpay raised $555 million at a $3.4 billion valuation. Uh, and then the founders cashed out $150 million of
1: that right before a crypto
0: crash. Not, not huh. a good look. Not great. Well, not I mean, a good
1: look. VCs have some responsibility uh, in the kind of their documents you know, raises to not let this happen to them. And because right. if you're an investor, this kind of thing does not feel good if you just right. invested in a company and the founders are already exiting before they've seen it through. Right. Um, so I guess a little bit like shame on the VCs who al- right. also did this too. Um, but also shame on like MoonPay like it's just bad form to do this Yeah, it's that's definitely a if it bleeds it
0: leads type of headline um, maybe the VCs were okay with it for some particular reason yeah, Maybe. but, but man MoonPay was inside of one single bull market mm-hmm. as a founder I would feel bad if I exited inside of the same bull market
1: I would. Right? like I exit would too.
0: in the next bull market that's,
1: after that's you, the social contract after you get the thing done and it's really yeah. there and it's really built hey uh, maybe they consider it done paradigm uh, one of I think the most prestigious one of the one of the better VC companies yeah. in crypto, I would say, is broadening its crypto-only focus to areas including AI. So Paradigm mm-hmm. just caught the AI bug. Mm-hmm. That's the uh, the story here. Right, David, are they abandoning crypto? <laughs> is Paradigm <laughs> done with crypto? What's
0: going on? Uh, so they have changed their bio on Twitter. They've also changed some of their website. So it used to be Paradigm backs disruptive crypto slash Web three companies and protocols, and now it's Paradigm is a research driven technology investment firm. Hmm. Um, uh, the line, uh, there's a line, we believe crypto will define the next few decades was removed from the home page, which now makes no mention of Web3 or blockchains. Uh, and so uh, the there, a comment from a source for the block, which, which wrote an article about this, this change doesn't mean the company is shying away from crypto, but rather highlighting its reach into adjacent areas such as AI. So Paradigm gets the AI bug, um, changes up their website. And like, why, why is this news? Because people are talking about it on crypto Twitter, they're like uh, par- paradigm or now grifters.
1: They never were committed to crypto in the first place. Blah 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 blah. Uh, what's your take on this, Ryan? Uh, I don't think so. I'm look. VCs are going to go where the opportunities are for VCs. So um, look, if crypto is jealous about that, I I, I don't really understand that take. Um, I guess I, I will say that there is an element where um, a lot of investors though, in general, like the shine is worn off of crypto. Like mm. AI is the new hot thing uh, from an right. investor perspective, right? Right. Um, And I think that there's some opportunity in that because when everyone else, like the best time to actually be looking at AI was probably like 2021, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah, right yeah. before, um, but everyone was focused on crypto. Yeah, I think it's kind of a, a no story. Maybe crypto is feeling a little bitter about uh, being forgotten here. I think
0: it's right. I think it's exactly that meme of the guy like looking over his shoulder and his girlfriend, the crypto girlfriend, is like, who are you looking at? And the paradigm's looking at, at AI. The, like, again, why are we talking about this take? Well, because uh, there is a decent number of people, decent number of people on crypto Twitter who were like up in arms about this. In my, new, in my mind this isn't news <laughs> y'all are just <laughs> bored <laughs> like, so why are we talking about this yeah, <laughs> know, we're talking about it because other people are talking about it last week uh, three weeks ago people were canceling Bankless. two weeks ago people were canceling Ledger and now people are canceling, oh, people are canceling Paradigm because they changed oh people are canceling Paradigm yeah this is like this is why this is news it's like people are trying to cancel Paradigm it's like
1: yeah know, like, no this is you dumb. betrayed us this is
0: Paradigm dumb. Paradigm has like a billion Paradigm dollars that they need to deploy crypto.
1: in crypto though uh, there is news it's layoff season uh, Binance layoffs They're calling this a pruning of non-performers, and they have laid off apparently 20% of their workforce. I believe Mm -hmm. that's correct. Um, They had 8,000 employees. uh, (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a lot, right? So 20% down. (laughs) Um, Also, just noticed uh, this week, Nansen, analytics company, a great product they've built. They just laid off 30% Mm -hmm. of their workforce. So. The CEO kind of wrote about this, and uh, this is his take. It's an extremely difficult decision. We announced a reduction of our team by 30%. Two reasons for this. First, we scaled up the team on the back of breakneck growth. It's kind of a whiplash. Crypto was you know, expanding so fast, you felt like you needed to hire a ton, and now you have to take that off. Um, and this year has been brutal for crypto markets. So I think um, crypto, startups crypto companies um are taking an opportunity to sort of prune and to scale mm-hmm. back right now and that's just the way things are in the in the bear market um these companies aren't going anywhere i'm very confident of that uh they are just uh taking some time to kind of prune um, coinbase did this earlier in the year like um gemini did this, Kraken uh, all, did this all the last big year. companies
0: have laid people off this is just a normal part of the the market cycle like there's there is the layoff phase for it for every company and, and really like if you're not if you are optimizing for growth and you are not laying people off in the bear market you haven't picked the correct op- optimization
1: point that's like, what brian armstrong straight told us
0: yes uh, with his policy
1: yeah. that last uh, time we had him on the podcast
0: like it's always it's sad to see layoffs it's like an unfortunate headline for the company But like, if you, if you, if you are not laying people off then you didn't hire
1: enough in the bull market, so this is normal. Expand, contract, expand, contract. That's how things grow here. Uh, speaking of expansion, WorldCoin just getting ready to expand mightily, I think here, Sam Altman and company raised $115 million for the WorldCoin project. What is the significance of this?
0: Uh, well, the WorldCoin is, is really putting rubber down onto pavement uh, and so they are just ramping up everything. I feel like they think that they are primed to take the next big steps as a company to scan more people's eyeballs, to get more orbs out into the world and actually um, go from kind of a monolith to more of a
1: modular company, which is part of the whole like, WorldCoin. Every Coin. time you say that, scan people's eyeballs with an orb, it just it can't not sound like, dystopian. It is, it <laughs> I'm is, sorry.
0: It is dystopian. It, it, the reason why I'm uncomfortable like, saying those words is because like i have accepted that uh biometric scanning is a valid attempt to produce sybil resistance and once you accept that premise you understand that there are and then, then it's like okay well what are you going to scan fingerprints um what are you going to scan your face uh well you need to scan something uh and the iris is the most civil resistant part of your body so if you if you accept these assumptions then you get okay we're going to have to scan everyone's Okay but but,
1: but but think of this <laughs> I get that so technically this may be the right solution but think right. of this crypto bros want to go over uh, yes. you the
0: the, opti- the optics are terrible and that's uh, real point And coins who
1: problem. is it Oh it's it's the maker it's- of ChatGPT the most powerful <laughs> AI on the planet wants to oh, be a and-
0: The orb is this, like, chrome
1: (laughs) ball that, like, all these WorldCoin employees have a habit of, like, pulling out of their backpack, yeah. I mean, there could be, um, you know, all press is good press kind of thing. Like, this is very attention-grabby. Right. uh in a way i just yes. wonder if it just you know segues itself off a cliff rather than actually uh works that's my big yeah. question yeah, right yeah, now yeah yeah
0: yeah the, the actual if you're c- concerned about how the worldcoin project is going to work or not you should pay attention to how um people are trying to game it and that is mm. definitely currently underway right now people are trying to game worldcoin because like the idea is is of worldcoin and part of what what they're raising money for is that they make building the orb more permissionless And they also make scanning eyeballs also more permissionless. So you have like orb agents god agents uh, <laughs> agents of the orb <laughs> or agents of the orb who are like not employed by Worldcoin, who are incentivized to go scan people's eyeballs because the protocol pays them to do that it's like a referral fee i know this is so Damn. Trophies, dude. <laughs> this is not and, but then it, as soon as you incentivize that to happen well how are you going to get to eight billion people you have to do this in a permissionless incentive driven yeah. way yeah and so like they you, they pay you in Worldcoin to scan people's eyeballs as like a referral fee and so then people are going to be like okay do i need to go scan individuals or can i game the system somehow and so like people are trying to game the worldcoin uh, protocol and sit like sybil attack it and if it stand if the worldcoin protocol stands up to those sybil attackers who are paid to try to attack the th- uh, hack the thing and it still works you got to be bullish on the system
1: I'm sorry. I think it's it's purporting to solve a massive problem. That that is the yes. uh, the upside here is, yes. right? It's like identity. Um some kind of a an on-chain identity solution.
2: Yeah.
1: Um but wow, the branding's not
0: great. <laughs> one thing they have to
1: really do is they have to get the privacy maximalists on their side. I think they yes. have to get the decentralized decentralization maximalists on their side cuz they're not going to get the the centralizers on their side. You know, the of, nation of state level wants to all the
0: vectors to hate worldcoin. I think that one is actually the easiest to account for.
1: What? Which one? Uh, privacy. Privacy. It's, pre-
0: it's pretty easy to not... And they're, they have all of the, like, here's how we don't collect your data. That's all available and, like, all, like generally think, accepted though, by people I respect. I you have to get
1: people, like, who I respect in the privacy community to... Right. independently audit this. It can't yes. just be Worldcoin being like we I don't love, store it. I would love I would
0: love zuko's take on Worldcoins. Zuko's privacy. take. Yeah, yeah,
1: a few of the other you know privacy maximalists yeah. yeah. we've had on right. um, Matt owners. from yeah. um Hopkins. Remember we had him on yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. The podcast. I would love his yeah. take. Anyway, uh, interesting, a lot of money, big war chest mm-hmm, here, and mm-hmm. some major investors coming in, including um, Blockchain Capital, A16Z, Bain Capital, etc. So, mm-hmm. it's definitely a lot of uh, VC firepower here. Speaking of which, Magic just raised mm-hmm. $52 million to grow crypto wallet as a service, used by corporate clients like Mattel and Macy's. Yeah, th- these guys have been around for a while. Uh, they used to be called uh, Fortmatic Wallet, if you
0: remember that, way oh, back yeah. when. yeah. Okay, the that's same who these people. guys are. I actually okay. haven't heard about them in a very long time, uh, but I remember working with them uh, back back in my last startup as like, hey, we we need wallets for people who don't give a shit about crypto. Very practical, very, very practical, practical approach. Yeah. Very, very similar easy. to Coinbase's um, wallet as a service uh, yeah, system yeah, yeah, that yeah. they built up. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. So congrats to the Magic people. You guys have been heads down building for a very long
1: time. Very good project, David. What do we have coming up next?
0: Coming up next, we got questions from the nation. We're going to talk about Lido's dominance. We're also going to talk about uh, whether or not Ethereum is better or worse because it has a respective and visionary thought leader, Vitalik, of course, uh, takes of the week and what Ryan and I are bullish on. Uh, And then we got a song a day from Song A Day Man. And we will get started with all of that stuff as soon as we talk to some of these fantastic sponsors that make this show possible. Immutable is at the forefront of Web3 Gaming on a mission to bring digital ownership to every player offering the world's best games and game development platform. lets game builders and players focus on great gaming experiences. So build your next Web3 game on easy mode with Immutable's leading full-stack Web3 gaming platform. It's built-in UX features like the Immutable Passport are designed for games to scale to the next billion players coming to Web3. With Immutable, players can sign up with an email, pay with a credit card, and experience a frictionless purchase flow inside of games. So discover your next favorite game and explore a network of 150 games building on Immutable, including such titles as Gaza. Chain, Guilds of Guardians, Illuvium, Ember Sword, and Metalcore. So join Web3's largest ecosystem of games and players. Build, play, and connect at immutable.com. Hiring people worldwide, paying them in crypto, providing them access to benefits, it all so complex. But it doesn't have to be. Complying with labor laws, payroll rules, tax obligations, and crypto regulations in every country that you employ someone is difficult, time-consuming, manual, and costly. And it's drawing more and more attention from regulators and governments. But there is good news. toku is here toku is the first employment and compensation platform for the crypto industry that makes this easy toku helps you hire employees or contractors and pay them in fiat or crypto legally compliantly and with all the taxes handled in over a hundred different jurisdictions so whether you're an early stage company with just a team of two or you're an enterprise with 200 toku has a solution that meets your needs toku is already working with the leading companies in the space protocol labs hedera Gitcoin, and many more so transform your employees employment, and token payroll operations with Toku. You
1: can reach out to Toku at toku.com slash bankless or click the link in the show notes questions from the nation today. Of course, these are asked in the bankless discord, which is available to all bankless citizens. Uh, here's the question, given Lido's dominance in staking share and clear intentions, not to self limit their shares, rocket pools Dow did. Would it be possible for the Ethereum foundation to implement a cap on the maximum share any protocol can control while not ideal, Would it be possible to implement a protocol upgrade as a last resort to protect the network from majority control? Blue Furball asks this question. Uh, David, what do you think? So there's two parts of this question that I think are worth pulling out. Would it be possible for the Ethereum
0: Foundation to implement a cap? And then is that cap even possible at all? Uh, So EIPs come from many different places. Um, Whether or not the the Ethereum Foundation has deemed it appropriate to actually push and promote an EIP, I don't that that is, EIPs are discovered more emergently. Like the Ethereum Foundation didn't push 4844. Um, Dankrad and Proto Lambda, uh, who's now on Optimism, these people came up with uh, dank, the for uh, Dank sharding and then pushed that. So, like. Yeah, I'll just throw an objection to the idea that the Ethereum Foundation is implementing. I would say they
1: can. I mean, you have to get like uh, client devs on board right. as well. I mean, you guess it can, outside it can of the come Ethereum from Foundash. EF
0: researchers. So if like Dankrad and Justin Drake came to consensus about an EIP, then yeah, that came from the EF. But it they really are came influential. Out from... Yes, and they are in the EF, uh, so like semantics here. Um, but the bigger question is like, can we implement a cap? And that answer is no, we cannot, yeah. because the Ethereum beacon chain does not actually know what is an entity and what is a solo staker. It doesn't have information about who is what. And so uh, that is a subjective thing. That is something external to the protocol. So it's not actually possible. How, how would you determine who's got what Ether where? The Ethereum protocol is not aware of that fact, uh, and so um, there's no way to actually enforce
1: decentralization at at the protocol layer. That is a that is a that's part of the layer zero. So I think um, there was actually discussion this week, a lot of discussion on Lido this week. Um, yeah. You know, and some concern about the the share of the market. It's right. over thirty percent. I don't know if it's right. like 33, uh, 36 percent, somewhere it's, in that range.
0: It's in the sixty percent.
1: No, no, no. It's yeah. not that high. Yeah. As part. Uh, You know, what are you saying is a proportion of total ETH staked? Of ether, about okay. liquid staked ether. Okay, liquid staked ether. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but total ETH staked, it's closer Correct. to the like the low thirties. Yeah. Um, and that's what protocol like designers are really uh, mm-hmm. mostly concerned sure. about is the total yeah. proportion here. And if it get, gets over one third, yeah. one third versus two thirds, yeah. you know, like uh, there are different bad things that can possibly happen. Danny Ryan wrote a great post about this mm-hmm. this week, which um you might refer you to as well. So there's cause to be concerned, but the remedy is on the social layer right i think right now it's basically people saying hey um (laughs) don't stake with lido they have too much stake so interestingly enough
0: it's also where the problem arises because lido is explicitly a monopolistic DAO. they have explicitly stated no our goal is to be the staking provider are that that we will not self-cap because that's antagonistic to our, our our vision for ourselves which is to be the most decentralized taking as a service protocol. But um, don't you
1: think don't you think Ethereum needs to be resistant to that? So so people often compare it to um, prism, prismatic, right? right. Yeah. And they say, "Well, you know, prism uh, took f- you know fantastic steps to sort of self-limit their own growth. And there was a time where they were like 70% of the beacon chain client, right? And mm-hmm. kind of growing. And now they're back down to like what 30 to 40%. Mm-hmm. What's different though with prism versus this is there's no profit incentive Incentive right. for Prismatic to right. increase in market share. In fact, right. it would only cause more hassle for them. I mean, I remember we talked to Preston Van Loon after, um, and uh, Terrence from uh, Prismatic after the Ethereum finality event, and they were like, thank God there were other clients. <laughs> it's like, it puts the burden yeah. off of us. Yeah, right? Lido does not say, thank God there's Rocket Pool. Exactly. Lido looks at Rocket
0: Pool and be like, I want your staked ETH. Okay, put it in my vault.
1: So what do we do about this? Is it a problem? What do we do about this? My answer for what we do about this is like level up. We have to have some staking, um, competitors that are competitive with Lido Mm -hmm. and win the old fashioned way, which is like a competitive tool set, um, that people want to stake with. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not happened yet, which is, so maybe that's a bit like hand wavy, um, do you have a better answer yeah there's there's plenty of staking as a service
0: daos coming on to the scene um so there's competition available the supply of competition coming into the market is that's not a problem <laughs> many people would like to start a, a, and are starting staking as a service orgs some differentiated some not um really the big answer is we need solo stakers so the there was the um uh the rated network report that came out that there was 6.5 percent of um Validators on Ethereum are solo stakers, which sounds like a small number, and maybe it is. But remember, 6.5% are these, like, ultimate hardliners who will not compromise the Ethereum till I die, uh, go down with the ship. These are these type of people. And having, you only need a minority of those to make sure the Ethereum is protected. Um you they there's still the concern of like anything above 30% is bad the Lido apologists will say well Lido itself is a decentralized org it wants to be decentralized even more than it already is um and it's the, taking steps to be fair it's taking steps yes uh then and then the other the further Lido apologists will just point at rocket pool and say hey that community that the rocket pool just wants is mad at Lido because <laughs> rocket pool wants that either too because they're in second place cuz they're yeah. in second place right yeah, right. yeah. Um, granted, the culture around Rocket Pool is healthier for Ethereum. So if Li- if Rocket Pool had more and Lido had less, I would say that that would be objectively better for Ethereum. But you also have to be aware of the of the incentives for Rocket Pool in that community. Everyone wants to take down Lido. Um, ultimately, uh, is the Layer Zero that is going to be the thing that protects Ethereum. Uh, and so, this is why anytime Lido shifts into having too much control, you're going to get just like natural pushback from a nebulous set of participants with their own individual incentives. Um, I will say, like, going back to my first point though, making solo staking easier is going to always that's be the best, the best answer. Best thing. Yeah, there's always so the best much work to do with making, and that's really what the EF should be doing, is making GUIs. For solo stakers Uh, so like if you have to as a solo staker touch the command line that's bad and we should not have that (laughs) and we should fix that and that's going to be a much better solution
1: i i I think so too i I think so too but the layer zero is trying all sorts of things including shame right which is a a layer zero strategy lido stop
0: being so monopolistic it's shaming lido (laughs)
1: but also shaming people who stick with lido and yes, that also is, that. yeah, that is a stick that Layer right. Zero can use. I just, right. we gotta have better stick. We yeah have better carrots and sticks than that. Do um, we own
0: any staked ETH at Bankless, or do we only uh, own our ETH? We don't um, own any our ETH, but we run many. You talking pools. about Lido staked
1: ETH? Lido staked. Yeah, ETH. yeah. Don't, uh-huh. we don't own it right. at Bankless, but we do um, run. We do run Rocket Pool mini pools. Yes. Um. Oh, are you trying to virtue signal? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> David just slipped, slipped that in there. Yes. Just virtue We're doing we're doing our part. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, here's a question from Kanas. Uh, Kanas. Here's a question from Kanas. What effect do you think it has on the evolution of specific of a specific chain? The fact that Ethereum has a clear, respected, and visionary thought leader, Vitalik, of course, compared to Bitcoin that has none, really. What do you think about that? So satoshi did the white paper thing right he's there for a little bit he participated on various internet forms and then disappeared right and uh, vitalik he founded this thing created the white paper uh has not disappeared has been active in shepherding this i mm-hmm. i think in a, a decentralized leader mm-hmm. type of way so it's very different from the model of a, a ceo but still he has not abandoned the project he's been working on it <laughs> even though most of the other ethereum co-founders did sort of abandon Ethereum right. in the early Very days. Quickly, yeah. And uh, I didn't honestly know what Vitalik would do, whether he right. would kind of stick with it or, or whether he'd do the Satoshi thing. Anyway, right. the question is, what effect do you think this has had on Ethereum?
0: I am grateful that Vitalik uh, is the leader that he is. The, the Bitcoiners will point to Vitalik and be like, look how centralized Ethereum is, whatever Vitalik says goes. Um, to some degree, like whatever Vitalik says goes isn't wrong. But it's not in the way that they're saying it is. They're saying like, yeah, like Vitalik is this dictator of Ethereum. It's like his way or the highway. The only things that Vitalik feels strongly about are like the right things to feel strongly. He's just right. (laughs) He's like the right
1: leader. Uh, And I say that as uh, as somebody who's like... You you follow Vitalik more like you might follow like uh, Gandhi, for instance. It's not like top down. It's more (laughs) like... The Bitcoiners are going to love that one. (laughs) You know what I mean? But seriously, though, Uh there's an element of like there's he's earned some spiritual it. leadership here he's earned it, though
0: right. right and he's and he's, his track record is proven now as somebody who spent the last two months with vitalik and zuzalu and montenegro i can tell you he's doing many other things that are not ethereum <laughs> uh, and so he is a leader of of across industries across uh, technologies uh and so like ethereum is not the guy's not, not a, his full-time job the guy's a guy like he's not the leader of ethereum he's vitalik Also, he has philosophical directions for about how Ethereum should be developed and stuff. But yeah, he's doing, he's living a life and some of it happens to be concerned about Ethereum and other things he's concerned about like network states and longevity and public goods. So, uh, I mean, the
1: question of, has this had an effect on Ethereum? Undoubtedly so. In fact, I would would say Ethereum would not be where it is if the leader kind of... um, abandoned it, not abandoned it, but just, right. um, went, you know, MIA after the white paper or mm-hmm. after Ethereum 1.0, right? It, it really needed some shepherding leadership. And I'm kind of reminded, you know, I'm a sucker for like founding, you know, America type of right. Uh, things, right? Founding fathers, after they wrote the constitution, they didn't just like yeet out of there. Right. Right. I mean, they were still, um, even Washington won the revolutionary war, served as president for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, The country kind of needed that. There were a lot of questions that the original Constitution didn't solve, and so you needed a Bill of Rights, and so you needed to hash things out in the Federalist Papers, and all of these things. If the the founders of the United States just left after the first white paper of America was shipped uh this would have been a complete mess it took yeah. some time to sort all these things out and i think the same is happening with ethereum it's more complicated than bitcoin yeah. too yeah right bitcoin had the luxury of being simple enough where the founder could just
0: leave and be it be okay ethereum was not that it, and is not that and needed that guidance from the people who are philosophically and ideologically aligned i still think
1: i still think bitcoin needs it
0: too <laughs> well that's a different story um, uh <laughs> uh the uh, the best leadership that i see vitalik doing and the, the that I know actually works is when he writes articles titled "Legitimacy" on his blog post, and that that article becomes cited in startups' reasons for existing. I've hmm. seen the Vitalik Legitimacy post cited in like decks more than most uh, other like articles that I've read, uh, yeah. and and that's just leading uh, leading in this very like passive, like low-touch way that still steers an entire ecosystem. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I, we answered the question, but I think we gave we
0: had, gave the content <laughs> that the, the question well, asked for. Yes,
1: Vitalik uh, was necessary. Yes, it massively yes. influenced Ethereum. No, it wouldn't have gotten here without a Vitalik or someone like him. Yeah. And I do think he is actually a fairly unique uh, type of leader in, in history. Yes. Uh, a lot of leaders kind of grab power and uh, they tend to keep it, and he's right. gone in the other direction. Vitalik right. is much less necessary for Ethereum to succeed today than he was five years ago. In fact, right. I think at this point, if Vitalik left, Ethereum would be totally, totally fine. fine.
0: That that would have been true a, a number of years ago. Whenever yes. I, the, the last few times I've introduced Vitalik on the podcast, I've introduced him as Vitalik, the guy with, that holds the record for the most ignored EIPs, proposed <laughs> EIPs. And it's true. And really, I think most of his some... EIPs are ignored. Huh.
1: That's interesting. I like, We should delve into the ignored ones. Maybe there's some good ideas there. That is some <laughs> niche content. So I don't know. Yeah, I not one. understand it. All yeah. right, let's get to some takes of the week. We got yeah. one uh, big one from Kobe. So, Kobe, on opportunity, how, how do you win during the bear market, David? What do you do? Mm-hmm. This is the, the season that we're in. We've called it kind of the apathy market. Kobe had some advice, and I think he said this. Uh, sometime in maybe in 2020, the bull market. 2021? 2021 in the bull market yeah, at the right? peak yeah so when everyone was drunk and look at this po- these podcast participants <laughs> do you recognize some of these faces here uh, Van Spencer Suzu uh i don't know who the others are okay like some some bull market uh, content people yeah, anyway so let's, this this is pre pre this is yeah it's pre 3RS uh, capital demise let's play the play the clip
2: do you think the majority of people that don't make it are the people that lose interest between bull markets like people that have known about it from from so far back who still haven't made it is because they as soon as it gets frothy it gets to the bull market they they rebuy the all-time high breakout so they rebought at like 20k and they play the bull market they like they're a little bit naturally bearish and the bear market hits and they stay interested for about a year hmm. and then towards the, the tail end like late 2018 twenty nineteen, they just naturally lose interest and they go, Oh, this this shit's over, I've got life commitments, whatever. And then they get back involved when it starts getting frothy again. And those are the people that are not gonna make it. So if you if there is one piece of advice that I can give is like find a way to remain the same level of interest that you have now when you check the chart every day, you like lose sleep over your positions, whatever the fuck you're doing, you over leveraged apes. Like you need to have the same level of interest when everything's really boring because right now it's like everyone's interested, right? Like my uh, my like, parents are like super and like what shall I buy my friends from school way back when are hitting me up saying is Cardano good and, and, <laughs> and whatever, but None of those people are interested in the in the bottom. None of those people are interested when it's going sideways for six months and if you tell those people at the bottom in the six months sideways, now's the time. They fucking ignore you. They're like, nah, it seems a bit risky. Like, I, it's not for me. I'll look at it later. And then they hit you up in January of this year, like, is it too late to get in, by the way? And you're like, no, just immediately market buy. It's like 25K or something. It's 30K. And they're like, mm, I'm going to wait for a dip. And at 60K, they're like, is it too late to market buy, like you said? You're like, Bro, I have no advice for you anymore. I told you at 4K to buy. I told you at like 6K to buy. I told you at 7K to buy. So the way, the main way you have to make it is try and perpetuate your interest through the boring bit. The boring bit is where the opportunity is when all these moon boys and all the marketers and all the larpers they disappear from Twitter and they don't they don't participate anymore. Their accounts just stop tweeting. That's the bit where you're supposed to be interested and you're supposed to be taking your like next three years of positions. Um, most people that don't make it, they just they stick around for the fun bit. That's it. Stick around for the boring bit.
1: There it is, David. Yep. So try to maintain your interest during the boring bit. This is the boring bit. Let, let me ask you, uh, how do you maintain your interest? And how have you done it in previous bore markets?
0: Yeah. the In 2019, which was the last bore, bore market that we had, is when I was... F- felt like I was taking crazy pills, man. It's like Uniswap got invented. Dye was growing like crazy. Compound was being utilized and no one was talking about it. And the the advice that I have is like, there is going to be similarly exciting uh, innovations that are granted going to be more complex because we're one more cycle, more mature, but there's going to be things that excite you that you're looking around and you're no one else is getting excited. And you're like, why the F not? Now, if you're good at this game, if you're a good investor, if you're good at playing the crypto crypto world, you will understand. And if you have identified it correctly, you'll understand that that's alpha and you're not taking crazy pills. I felt like I was taking crazy pills for a whole entire year, uh, if not longer. Um, but that, that this is where you have to understand, like, no, you're the smart one. You are paying attention when other people are not. Uh, and the looking for alpha is actually easier Uh, So long as you understand that, like, yes, people aren't going to be excited about this thing for maybe a frustratingly long amount of time. But so long as you see the vision and you have identified opportunity uh, that this this is the year to do it. And we were talking about like the boar market incoming at the at the end of 2022. It's like first we had the we're punched in the face bear market and now we're having the bull market. And here we are. We've arrived. And so now it's a matter of like, Hey, this is where you actually make millions of dollars next bull market. If you identify the opportunities, in you have like to in so. order
1: to do this though. Okay. So I think Kobe's re- advice is so salient around, um, do whatever it takes to stay interested. Right? right. Okay. So realize that during the, um, bull market, your brain was actually rewired for dopamine hits. Yeah. Every time you checked price, Right. Uh, on your phone, your app, and the price went up, boom, dopamine hit. Where's it going to go next, right? Oh, it's down a little bit. But boom, bi- big in- you know, increase again. And you're looking at your net worth and you're like, wow, this is amazing. isn't it?" Great? So Every got, time
0: I refresh, it goes up. <laughs> you got
1: hooked on the dopamine. So you consumed all this crypto content. Now that dopamine is all gone, all right? right. So you have to get your hit. Like your brain wants chemical hits from something, and right. you have to get it from something else, all right? Where you can get it, at least uh, for me, it's been doing stuff, yeah. building something, right. learning about something, trying a new DeFi protocol, trying a new wallet, like learning about uh, ZK machine learning or some sort of obscure, uh, you know, um, obscure topic, and then maybe making content about it. Um, if you're, if you have dev skills, you obviously you build something, right? If you don't have dev skills, if you have other kind of softer skills, then you're writing, you're, you're, um, you're, you know, researching, you're doing all sorts of things to keep yourself busy and you have to get the chemical hit that way instead. Um, so you have to really rewire your brain. And I think if you stay here and if you can maintain your interest, then as David, you just said, like there's benefit on the other side of that, but, you have to sort of trick your brain into it right. because you've been addicted to the dopamine price hits. It's no longer present anymore. You got to get it from somewhere else. You know, you know what's a,
0: a great source of dopamine, Ryan? What's that? Is when all of the things that you thought were true come true and turns into a million dollars because you stuck it out through the bear market. That's a nice source of dopamine.
2: Yeah
1: but it's not instant, is it? It takes no. some time, and uh, anyway.
0: It first takes the crazy pills section. You have to feel like you're taking crazy pills. Yep. And that's how you know you're onto something. That's where we are. Um, all right,
1: what else we got? Another take of the week. What's, this is yours. Uh, yeah, this is this
0: is me. Uh, so uh, here's my take. Actually, not a take, it's a question. Do okay. y'all think that I can get Ryan <laughs> to sign up for another <laughs> weekly show? And so here's my oh, idea my for the show. Thir- 35 minutes long on Wednesdays, five minutes for the intro. Uh, and then we talk about what we're going to talk about. And then 15 minutes, I teach you about something. And then another 15 minutes, you teach me about something. That's like the Like anything? It's just... Yeah.
1: Not crypto, just you come and you teach me something and I, I teach you something. I would imagine
0: that the listeners would enjoy it if it were to be about crypto, because we did just talk about figuring out ways to stay interested in crypto during the bear market. <laughs> uh,
1: but there is no requirement that it is about crypto. Yes, correct. Are you, you, you trying to get like, is this a, um, a side way to get the uh, the food podcast in here? Are you Are going to come with like you know, nutrition lessons hey, every, every World week? War II podcast. I don't know. It oh could, could, could be anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, look. It's the hardest thing for me is just finding time to do a recording, David, <laughs> as you know. I'm life saying is very we, busy. Ca- we
0: carve out the time, and anyone else who needs a meeting in that time can F off.
1: Really? So we just mm-hmm. carve out dedicated time every we week to do this? just carve out dedicated and, time and for another, stop another doing, show. Stop doing yeah. other yeah. meetings. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. I mean, one question I would have for the Bankless Nation is, would they be interested in this? Uh, for me, one thing that, that gives me the dopamine hits is um, when we get feedback from these shows, right. when people are actually interested, when uh, we get like viewers on our shows and when I like hear feedback that, hey, like great episode, you, yeah, you know. Product market fit. Product yeah. market fit. That's the kind of thing. So a signal for this would be if we heard from backlist listeners that this kind of show format was interesting. Maybe they get too much content from us already, David. I don't know, man. Don't we do like three to four podcasts a week every single freaking week and we're talking about adding another one here? I remember when, uh, let's see, it was the weekly roll-up, which was the third show that we layered <laughs> on.
0: First, we did the Monday podcast, and then we're like, then I was like, Ryan, we need to do a weekly like, news show to cover this event that's happening, so we layered on State of the Nation, and then I was like, Ryan, we're only covering one weekly news thing, we need to recover the entire weekly news, so let's do the weekly roll-up. But that was like two years ago. We've been doing these three podcasts for like two years that's now. true, I think true. it's time for another podcast, and I think uh, if you pull up this tweet that I just sent you in Zoom, Wave put it nicely, David Learns Something, Ryan learned something, and I learned two things. Sounds like a good deal to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go. Well, I want to hear what the bankless nation thinks. Let me mull that over, David. I can't. Cool. Uh, I can't give you an answer can't, on the spot. Can't come you in. Know. Can't come no, in. I can't right. commit on the spot. You know, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm naturally breaks anyway. But mm-hmm. I will say to your credit. I did think that the podcast was a bad idea in the beginning. (laughs) I did also think that adding the weekly roll-up was a bad idea. And uh, weekly roll-up has become like the cornerstone of this podcast. It's been my favorite. I enjoy it. Like this this gives me energy. Sometimes it's hard to kind of get your head around all the topics. But uh, I enjoy these little chats we have. So Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to discount this. Tell me what you're bullish on this week, though, my friend. So I know we just came out of, uh, hey, how do you
0: maintain uh, interest during the boar market? My strategy is to invest time and energy into something completely different (laughs) so that when you do have time for crypto, you make it very intentional and you go very deep rather than just getting like scrolling through crypto Twitter. You don't have to talk
1: about the meme coins if you don't want to, that kind of thing. Yes,
0: exactly. You're you're free, free to ignore what you consider noise and just tap into intentional stuff. Anyways. Uh, so I'm bullish on climbing mountains. <laughs> what? <laughs> actual, completely, un- completely unrelated. Actual yeah, mountains. So, actual, actual not, not mountains. Outside the metaverse yeah. mountains. <laughs> so uh, in one month time, uh, you'll be doing two weekly roll-ups with Anthony Sazano. Oh my god. I will be in the middle of uh, uh, mountains in Washington, Mount Rainier and Mount Baker. And then at the end of ETHCC, I've signed up to climb the Matterhorn, which, by the way, is verifiably insane thing to do to sign up to climb the Matterhorn. While Having done zero mountains before, which is why I have to go like, to other insane, mountains.
1: Insane, also dangerous? Question uh, mark. On the risk spectrum, yes, I would say. Yeah, if everything's on the risk spectrum. How far uh, on the risk spectrum is this? Um, Everest. Uh, like, that's... Much
0: so, Everest is twenty six thousand feet. The Matterhorn is fifteen thousand feet. Okay. Just judging a mountain by feet, is you can't do that. A right, very Im- imprecise picture. Uh, I mean, look People... at look at look at how fucking steep that thing is, dude. <laughs> i mean are you You sure you see the ridge that is on the on the right side i don't want to
1: do this podcast solo david
0: yeah i know well not only (laughs) is it uh your co-host but it's also uh a very integral member of the bankless uh, team as well so it's two of us so hey you know if we both go down like yeah you might as well just fold the thing oh my god wow (laughs) this
1: is this is great this is great news i'm excited for you so so um what kind of training goes into this uh, I've been going to the gym twice a day for the past week or so,
0: ever since I got back from uh, uh, so just start Mont- Montenegro. Just starting now, just that training. Uh, well, I was, I was running around in Montenegro. Now I have 50 pounds on my backpack on a stair stepper, which, let me tell you, is extremely boring.
1: My God, though. Makes well, crypto can, very
0: interesting. You can listen uh, to some
1: podcasts while you do I, it there, right? That's exactly what I did <laughs> yeah, That's exactly right, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, this looks crazy. Uh, I would never attempt something um like this and i'm also proud of you uh but also uh, hold on i uh, don't be, be proud of me i haven't done it yet okay but just even trying to attempt this uh, is crazy um well we'll see if i can actually
0: get it halfway up the mountain but oh that's God. that's what i'm very very excited about all right i don't, I don't know, know how to get exposure
1: to mountains but if i could i would no bore market for david he's going to climb the matter Matterhorn. matterhorn yeah uh-huh.
0: uh, that's incredible man Right, what are you on around? It's nothing nearly as exciting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's something about crypto. Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? It's uh, restaking. Uh, yeah. So we did this episode with uh, Sriram, who mm-hmm. is kind of the father of restaking. Um, he's the founder of this protocol called Eigenlayer. We recorded that earlier this week. It comes out mm-hmm. on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, got me really excited about restaking. At least excited, um, probably 80% excited, 20% concerned yeah which is which is always the most interesting type of podcast and i feel like restaking will either hit product market fit and it'll be absolutely massive or it won't right Right. Um, but if it does it'll be a really big deal so this to me restaking is potentially as big as layer twos were for scaling decentralization okay and it's as big as mev was in terms of the challenges presented to the protocol and protocol research. It really changes the incentive game. And to me, it's as big as maybe the merge or something like it for the value of ETH, the asset. So you combine all of these things and man, uh, restaking is like this massive rabbit hole that I feel like we'll be journeying on uh, not just now, but in the years to come that again is if it hits, if it achieves product market fit. And I think there's more than a fair chance it will. So, this is something I think that you want to know, learn about Ethereum and you want to know about crypto. This is probably the the newest frontier right. to go explore. So I anticipate yes. this first episode will be one of many that we actually do on restaking. In fact, we're talking about doing a panel with um, Sriram and, and some of the protocol researchers as well and, you know, and um, talking about this further. So I'm bullish on it, but like scared bullish on restaking <laughs> is what i would say maybe the same way you're bullish about climbing the matterhorn <laughs> at least right. i hope you're a little like if cautiously you're not little fearful scared,
0: you're not you're doing something wrong yeah exactly uh-huh. i feel the same right. except yeah. from the
1: comfort of my home uh yeah. so <laughs> i, I
0: <laughs> the scariness can stay inside of the computer yeah, yeah. the, the investable surface area around resaking is significant i mean it's been it's as large as layer two like you said
1: so. It's gonna change the game. Gonna change the yeah, game. I think. Um,
0: thank you for thank you for making this section about crypto.
1: Yeah, yeah. you you're welcome. Uh, meme of the week. We have no meme of the week, but we do have something special for you guys. Uh, and this is um, a moment of Zen song. So, um, full disclosure ahead. Uh, a lot of language in the next song here that you're about to hear. I think it's worth it because uh, it's it like it's exactly how I feel. Like we've got to stop sending our money to randos on the internet who are just going to scam us. Um, I feel justified in playing this song. This is a song by Song Dayman mm-hmm. uh, that we're Man. about to hear. Yeah. So let's let's play that. Um, I'm gonna get to risks and disclaimers and then stick around for that. Of course, gotta let you know none of this has been financial advice. Crypto is risky, you could lose what you put in, but we are headed west. This is the frontier, it's not for everyone, but we're glad you're with us on the bankless journey. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Stop sending fucking money, randomly new asshole. Stop sending fucking money,
2: randomly new asshole. Stop sending fucking money, random fucking money. Stop sending fucking money, random fucking money. Randomly. People say crypto cryptos are scammer you all.